Welcome to the Church Builder Podcast. So glad to have you with us on this edition. And I'm so thrilled to have with me today, Craig Brown. Craig Brown has been a part of our church family for many, many years. And he's the uh, gentleman that has headed up our Celebrate Recovery Ministry for the last 20 years. Craig, it's so good to have you with us on the Church Builder Podcast. Pastor Dale, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for inviting me. Well, I tell you, it's amazing to think we just celebrated a few weeks ago the, the 20th anniversary of Celebrate Recovery here at our church. It's been amazing, hasn't it? It has, absolutely. Yeah, yes. give, us, give us a little backdrop on how it all got started, and uh, and then we'll talk about some of the, the ups and downs of the 20 years and, <laughs> and some important, I think, lessons for us to remember right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Debbie and I were sent here 23 years ago. We were sent to serve, to grow, to heal, and be a part of the church family. It was at that time that you and I got to know each other, and you knew my background. You knew that I'd come from a very difficult background, which involved addiction and alcohol and everything associated with it. And I essentially lived in that pit of hell for a very long time. And when we met, I had been out of that for a number of years, but I was still struggling and still working through some things uh, 23 years ago. But it was during that time that I had a calling on my life uh, in recovery ministry and to serve. And I didn't, at that time, I was helping other people uh, because I understood, I empathized, I totally got it. Mm -hmm. And I was helping other men in our church and what have you. But then it was when you were prompted. Yeah, you were prompted because of the need within our church and you found out about Celebrate Recovery. You were meeting with our dear friend, Mike, and he was looking for a place to go. And the Lord moved on your heart to order that Celebrate Recovery material and find out what it, what, what's it about. What is it? Because you couldn't do it yourself. Exactly. You know, and you had wanted to do it. I think one of, the, one of the things as we talked about back then, Craig, I remember us meeting in my uh, my little office at our other building 20 years ago, 20, uh, 21 years ago, I guess 20, now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll let you do the math on that. So, yeah, sure. Uh, both, I think we both had, our hair was a little different color at that uh, time. Just slightly, slightly. Exactly. Yeah, slightly. But uh, yeah. I remember us meeting and talking about how do we find a recovery program yeah. that is Bible-based right. and doesn't keep someone perpetually in this mindset of, I'm stuck in this addiction forever. Exactly. But at the same time, understanding some of the psychological dynamics of addiction as well, and wedding that together with mm-hmm. a biblical perspective. And Celebrate Recovery material was so effective in terms of that. So it's just one of those moments that God put together, and we've seen some amazing things happen in these 20 years. Well, you needed someone, yes. you know, and I, that's why I believe I was sent here for that reason, because I had a burden, mm-hmm. I had experience, I had a healing, I had a brokenness yeah. that I wanted to share and give back. You, in turn, saw something in me as senior pastor, needing someone to say, here I am, I'll do that for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you saw it in me. And 20 years later, here we are. And there's been miracle after miracle after miracle over the last 20 years. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, we, uh, as we celebrated the uh, 20th anniversary of Celebrate Recovery here at our church. Mm -hmm. September 20th. September 20th, right. Exactly. It was the 20th, 1999. And we celebrated September 20th, 2019. 20 years to the day. Incredible. When you think about all these 20 years, two decades of ministry to people that are, as Celebrate Recovery so effectively says, have hurts, habits, and hangups, you know, and that's, by the way, all of us, okay? We do. That's all of us. Yes. Talk about some of the amazing things that you've seen God do in people's lives as a part of that. What are some of the highlights for you over these 20 years? Highlights. Well, people, just in our church family, I mean, for the last 40 plus years of your ministry and certainly here at Church of the Redeemer, it's changed lives. Well, the gentleman we mentioned earlier, who was really a catalyst for you being prompted by the Lord to to be motivated to order the material and look into starting a ministry like this. Yes. He is now 20 years clean, has a new life, 
new perspective, new job, new focus and mission and purpose in his life. That's just one. And yeah. it started with him. Right. Started with him. Yeah. Now, over 20 years, thousands of people have been through Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. Thousands mm-hmm. have been through Celebrate Recovery, and it fills a need for a certain period of time for them. Right. Okay? Right. Now, I can talk about the 34 leaders, mm. volunteer leaders that we have that have been groomed, mentored, worked through the steps and the principles to the place where they themselves have experienced healing. And then we're told, the Bible's very clear about give it back. Yeah. yeah. Go give it back. Mm-hmm. Now, they serve from a place of brokenness. They're not doing it just because it's, this is a tough ministry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're on the front lines, yeah. as you well know. Mm-hmm. So they know that. But they're serving from a place of pain. They understand and empathize, and therefore they want to give back. I can't say enough yeah. about the 34 leaders that we have that volunteer every single week here in our Gaithersburg campus, also at our Frederick campus, and now we just launched Clarksburg Yeah, at our Clarksburg campus. And we have Those, a Spanish, a Spanish, a Spanish as ministry well, right? as well. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They came to me, and we had tried it before, and it didn't quite get off the ground. And as the Lord would have it, we had the right people at the right time. Yeah. So we have the Spanish ministry, jail ministry, meeting every Saturday for the last 12, 13 years. We've helped 22 or more churches launch their own Celebrate Recovery. Wow. I mean, when we started, we were the second one in Montgomery County, and now there's quite a few in Montgomery County, Maryland overall. So there are now 35,000 Celebrate Recoveries all around the world. Yeah, and I just want to take a moment and appreciate uh, Pastor Rick Warren and uh, yes, absolutely and, uh, John Baker, John Baker, who yeah. started this out in uh, Lake Forest, yes. uh, Southern California. Yeah. Just an amazing ministry that has really mushroomed in a powerful way across the nation and around the world. I think. Now. Well, it started with John Baker. Yeah, he went to his pastor Rick Warren and said, "I have an idea. You wrote your book, Seven Steps to Freedom, around about the same time." Mm-hmm that the Lord was putting this on your heart, that there was a need. You as senior pastor, and to all the pastors, you need a place like this to point to. Yeah, You can't be in the church office and counseling and ministering and pastoral care with all the responsibilities you have as a senior yeah. pastor. So it's been a, a resource for pastors to point to for people that are really struggling. Yeah. And to say, it's Friday night or Monday night at one of our campuses, that's the place That's for the place you. to go. Talk about, Craig, for a minute. You know, as I mentioned a moment ago, the Celebrate Recovery material talks about helping people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Yeah. And as I mentioned sort of jokingly a moment ago, but it's really not a joke. We all have those in our life. We, we all do. are in some—when we talk about growing in Christ, really we're at one level talking about healing, aren't we? Absolutely. Uh, talk about the value of a recovery ministry. Some that are listening today may not have launched this kind of ministry in their church. And yep. they maybe sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you can be a little bit uh, afraid of it. You know, what's what's this going to require and what does this involve and, and a tendency maybe to step right. back. Talk about sure. the value of this. And maybe if someone's out there today listening and they don't have this going right now, how would you encourage them to get this started? Well, first thing I would say, because I've been approached by many, I wonder if I have a need Mm. in my congregation. The answer is yes. Yes, no question. Absolutely. Why do you answer yes with that? Right off the bat, because here's the thing, Pastor, and something I've always, something I used to do years ago, but something people continue to do. They go to church to hide, rather going to church to heal. Wow. Say that again. They go to church to hide, rather going to church to heal. Wow. Now, that's not the case in every congregation sure. or every mm-hmm. where the gospel is being preached around. It's just not the case. But I have found in my experience that happens more often than not. Why? Because they can come into church. They can worship. They can act like everything's great. Everything's going on. 
and hands lifted, praising, listen to the message, taking notes, getting the CDs, getting your downloads, doing all that. And then by the time church is over, they get to the parking lot and they go, I didn't have to tell anybody. I got through church again on Sunday and I didn't have to tell anybody that my life is complete turmoil. Wow. Mm. So there they are going through the actual acts of worship acts and all worship. those things, but at the same yep. time still yeah. uh, struggling with issues that they know their life's a mess and they still need some healing in it. And you know why? Because of shame. Shame. Oh, my goodness. I used to think uh, early on that it was pride. Mm-hmm. Shame comes from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep a good Christian believer who happens to be struggling in bondage to shame, Mm -hmm. so they will not talk to anybody. They'll totally isolate in a congregation of 8,000, 10,000 or more, right, on a Sunday, and they'll just be there isolated and hide. They'll serve in a capacity or be in some capacity or what have you, but because of the shame, they will not tell anybody, and they will keep it a secret until the pain in their life gets greater than their fear. Mm, Wow. So really, Celebrate Recovery, being able to help people deal with the hurts, habits, and hangups, the first obstacle to get past is the willingness to be transparent and not let the shame weigh you down. In fact, the Bible says of the devil, he's an accuser of the brethren. And so you're you're exactly right. They're pressed down in this sense of shame. And I can't tell anybody because I'm ashamed of who I am. My life's not together. But Celebrate Recovery or an effective recovery ministry provides an environment where people can say, you know what, here is who I really am, and I need to find out how to make this Jesus thing really work in my life. And here's the other difference as well. See, people think that just getting sober and clean, sobriety and abstinence, that's the goal. Yeah, right. It's not the goal. Okay. It's part of the goal. Sure. Sobriety and abstinence is the byproduct of doing the work. Wow. Now, the difference between Christ-centered recovery and secular recovery, and, and does the Lord work in secular recovery? Absolutely. Sure. Has for years. But what's happened is a lot of people in secular recovery, they get clean and sober, yet they are still miserable. They've never dealt with the shame. They've mm-hmm. never dealt with the guilt. They've never dealt with the pain. They haven't dealt with the trauma of the past or the abuse of the past. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They're clean. They're doing okay. And they think they have it. Pastor, we have hundreds that come from local programs and get in the environment to celebrate recovery at Church of the Redeemer, mm-hmm. where Jesus is Lord. Right. And he's the only one that can heal. He's the only one that can restore. He's the only one that will be able to set you free. Absolutely. So yeah. they clean and sober, but still miserable. Then they're invited to receive the healer to set them free. Then they can, first of all, and then be honest and transparent and vulnerable and tell their secrets in a safe place like Celebrate Recovery for the first time. I've sat in group after group where men have come in and for the first time, I had a 70-year-old man just recently say, can I call you? I said, absolutely. Gave him a call. I was at home on the porch. Called me up. We talked for about a half hour. He said, Craig, I'm 70 years old. I have never shared my struggle with anybody until I came to celebrate recovery at Church of the Redeemer. Wow. And he said, Craig, I have been loved, welcomed, and what's happened is your church, Church of the Redeemer, has created an environment where I can be open and transparent and not judged and condemned. Wow. And that's what I've experienced in my 70 years. And he has been set free. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, really, that's the whole atmosphere that you can't heal when you're living in shame. It's impossible because you can't open up enough to let the healing process occur in your life. And so I think one of the big things that we have to recognize in all of our congregations is we have a whole bunch of people 
We do. A whole bunch of people sitting there every weekend that are still struggling with issues in their life and they're ashamed to acknowledge it because they're ashamed of how someone's going to view them. And as I often say, you know, the church was never meant to be a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners, you know. And so, but we have to translate that into, yeah, to that uh, confess your sins one to another, pray for each other that you may be healed. So we have to create that environment and recovery ministry allows us the opportunity to do that. And you brought up a great, and James, it's great. You have to share, confess, Mm -hmm. and pray equals healing. Equals healing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they miss the confess part or the repentance part. Exactly. They miss that component and they're wondering, why am I still struggling? Bring the secrets up. And that's why we have a safe environment Mm -hmm. like this in our church for people to come to. Because again, our church, it's okay to be in recovery. Yeah. Recovery used to be such a stigma and the enemy has used that Mm -hmm. to keep good people in bondage. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Because all throughout the Bible, it's all about recovery. And really that's what there's a Theological word that we can use is the word sanctification, and yeah. the word sanctification is yeah. being made holy or being made more like Christ, if you will. But to be more like Christ is to be more whole. Okay, it it's is. not it's to be holy, but it's also to be more whole, more of a a person that's finding their way to wholeness and restoration and recovery in their lives from the brokenness of sin, which affects every human being. Right, absolutely. So when they come forward for altar call, and they do here for altar ministry, and their tears in their eyes, and they're streaming, and our altar ministers are talking to them, and and the touch point there, and they see struggle, pain, or what, they then say, we have a wonderful ministry called Celebrate Recovery that meets on Friday. You really need to be part yeah, of that. Exactly. You know, and it's just a place to point people to for them, and they'll always be welcomed. Mm-hmm. They will always be accepted, no matter who they are. They will be loved, supported, and prayed for, and put in an environment where they're going to be find accountability, friendships, because they come isolated. I want to turn the corner just for a moment, Craig, and I want to talk about all of the folks that are in need of this, as we mm-hmm. all are, yeah. but also sometimes you're dealing with family members who oh, have yeah. a person in their family who is really caught up in an addiction. Yes. And maybe they're not at this place of acknowledging or being willing to address it. Addiction is a massive issue in our culture massive. today, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. The opioid addictions and all the things that we do we hear on the news from time to time, sure. but it goes far beyond all of that. It does. With the, all kind of things. How does a, a husband, a wife, another family member help someone who is in addiction come to that place of finding and being willing to receive some help? What's the, as you learned over the years, these 20 years of recovery ministry, what are some pointers you can give to folks? First thing I would say is get out of the way. Mm. What I've found and what I have seen and witnessed and observed for many, many, many years is family members mean well. Yeah. They absolutely do. Where I grieve the most is when the parent comes to me and his husband or the wife or, or family member comes to me and shares about the struggle of their loved one. You can just see the pain and, and know that they genuinely want to help. But often on the flip side, of course, we know about enabling and what have you. And you have to allow the person that is struggling the pain in their life Mm. to get uh, to the place where it's greater than their fear of changing. Wow. You have to allow them to get there because pain is a beautiful thing. When the Bible teaches us, God doesn't give it to us, but he can use it as a wonderful tool to get us to the place of desperation or to the place where we, I just can't do this anymore. Parents want to give money, shelter, food, clothing, help, this, that, and which is fine. I've had dads tell me, oh yeah, my son's in jail, but I got a really good lawyer. I knew the judge and we were. Mm. And you know what? Inside, what I'm saying to myself is your son needs to be there. Yeah, I mean that in a lovingly, lovingly way. Yeah. And what I tell people, I said, when we get to heaven, we don't want God to tell us, to come to us and say, you know, Craig, I had him right where I wanted him. Mm. 
but you got in the way and you thought you knew better. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's just a, a kind instruction to any loved one who has a loved one that is struggling. Yeah. Now, the best thing you can do is come to our church and ask for help mm-hmm. as a loved one. Pastor, my phone is ringing often. We're always helping loved ones, and we encourage them to come to Celebrate Recovery and be a part of the ministry itself. And sometimes what they need really is, again, to kind of step back and get out of the way and let God do his work in that person's life. But at the same time, they need some encouragement. And that's where we give it. That's what you're saying. We need to provide some encouragement for them and support along the way. And uh, Recovery Ministry does a fantastic job in providing that as well. And that's the hard part. They're in such desperation, they don't know where Mm -hmm. to turn. Or they've turned to different programs and only been turned down or it just wasn't successful or what have you. But the average person that struggles, if I read, I can't remember, but it was a high number, and I could not believe the number, but it was 57 times someone has to be confronted before they go and get help. Wow. You know, it was a high number. It was in the 50s, I believe. And it's true. And that could be just many uh, interactions or, hey, you really need to go get help or full-blown intervention. Right. We have so many different ministries within the church to help family members dealing with all issues. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Celebrate Recovery is specific to the hurts, pain, the habits, addictions, whatever it may be, to come be a part of that and find out what can I do for my loved one. And we have parents after parents after parents that are part of the ministry that are there to help and assist and to guide. Yeah. I want to just take a final moment here and just as we're wrapping up, a couple things that we'll do. But one thing, just as, uh, Craig, if you could, we're into the holiday seasons and this uh, podcast is coming out toward the end of December, heading toward the new year. And sure. of course, we've got people perhaps that are listening who struggle with addictions themselves. Yes, and absolutely. so what guardrails should they put around themselves in this season of the year to help them to navigate well and to get ready to start a new year. Yeah, absolutely. The holidays are always difficult for people that are struggling because the joy and all the seasons and all the fanfare and everything that goes on with holidays. And when you're in deep pain and depression or you're just it's just not working in your life, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. And especially for the person that is struggling with an addiction. Okay. Now, a couple different, I've taught often over the last 20 years about the triggers and the warning signs. You know, the Bible's very clear about developing a self-awareness and doing an honest evaluation of ourselves, and that's what we teach on a regular basis. And part of that is to know what are your triggers. So during the holiday times, especially, if there's an office party or some type of party or some type of event that's going to be a trigger for you, don't go. Mm -hmm. We help people create and craft action plans for their specific issues. I joked about it at Thanksgiving, but families can be, especially if you come from an environment, a dysfunctional, toxic environment, and that's a trigger for you, and you have fear about going back into that environment, don't go. Yeah, I said, you have a second family here at Church of the Redeemer. Come be with us. We're there to offer you that. So it's an al- finding alternatives during the holidays. So look ahead. Don't just get caught by surprise, but think about what kind of environments can I potentially be in, and now what can I do as an action plan to avoid things that might be trigger points for me? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last thing, Craig, again, talk to the their, uh, pastors that are listening, people in church ministry that are listening. Just an overall vantage point in a church environment. Let's talk about maybe the couple of two to three things that church culture needs that will create an environment that helps people with addictions feel safe there. Uh, first of all, admit that there's a need within your church, all right? Secondly, whether it's celebrate recovery, it's all formatted, it's extremely well crafted. That is available for you. And thirdly, and most importantly, you need the right people. Mm. You need the right 
people. They have to find someone that has been to the valley and back. Mm-hmm. You have to have someone that has some type of turmoil or has been healed from pain or what have you, or addiction to be a part of this because as a leader, you can only take people as far as you've gone. Yeah, right. And you need someone you can absolutely trust. And that's why I'm, I'm so grateful for you calling me and asking me to be a part mm-hmm. of this. And pastors, you have them in your church. You have to listen. You have to observe. You have to start asking around because the continuity that we've had here for 20 years is a direct result of our leadership mm-hmm. and our team and our volunteer leaders. Yeah, that's why we've absolutely. had 20 years yeah. of ministry. But the need is in your church. Find the right people who have a heart for that, who have a heart for that and are serving from their brokenness. And the people that are in your congregation, they are there. They're looking for it. And once you begin that, you as a pastor will have some place to point them to, which will help you and your senior staff in the pastoral care all throughout your church. Awesome. Well, Craig, I just want to thank you personally as your pastor for all the 20 years that you've served here and just so faithfully every week in multiple environments. And I can't even probably come close to counting the number of phone calls you've gotten over those 20 years of crisis and helping people. But we really appreciate it and value you so much. And thanks for taking the time today to share with us some insights about recovery ministry. And uh, I want to thank all of you for being a part of the Church Builder podcast today. Thanks for sharing this time together with us. We'll look forward to being with you again next time.